Good evening, climbers. It's Patrick James here recording the front part of episode five of From the Bottom to Podcast. This episode, we're going to be talking about environment and the effects that the environment, not the environment like, you know, the sun and the stars, but your environment being the people that you're around, the places that you are, can have an effect on your life, your happiness, and your, your depression. So, It's a really good episode. I was actually just editing it. Sounds a lot better than I thought. This is going to be the first episode where I actually have the whole audio setup done 100% correctly. I'm very excited about that. So make sure you hit me up. Get some reviews on iTunes, on Stitcher. You can always find me on Twitter at PJ Voiceworks. I'm also periscoping this for the first time. Very exciting. So make sure you check that out as well. You can find that on my Twitter as well at PJ Voiceworks or on my website, pjvoice.net. So without further ado, episode five from the bottom two, talking about your environment, not the environment, your environment. and welcome to the fifth episode of From the Bottom to Podcast with me, your host, Patrick James. Tonight, we're going to be talking about environment. And no, I don't mean like hippies and the sun and the trees and the sand. No, I mean the environment that you exist in. The definition that we're going to be working with today is the aggregate of surrounding things, conditions, or influences, or the social and cultural forces that shape the life of a person or population. Basically, we're going to be talking about the factors of where you work, where you hang out, your your friends, your family that can influence your depression, your life, and, you know, the the stuff that goes on in your day-to-day life. So I found a couple of good quotes. The first one is from Albert Einstein. And this is an interesting one that that puts a pretty good focus on what, what we're talking about. And that's, the environment is everything that isn't me. So basically, if it's not you, if it's in your area, you know, where you work, your home, your dogs, that everything that isn't just you specifically is your environment, according to Albert Einstein. I, I like that one a lot. And what that means is that it's all stuff that really you can't control. So all the stuff that that you don't really have control over, but still make up a big part of your day-to-day life. And the thing is, is there are a lot of studies out there that really show the profound connection that the environment that you grew up in and and the place that you live in and, and the people around you have a really big influence on your levels of happiness, the personality traits that you have today, basically everything. It's really, really crazy. So a couple of things that I wanna touch on today are how you can make a bad environment a little bit more tolerable. How did your environment growing up influence who you are today? And I have a couple of stories that that I'm going to relate that'll tell you about how my environment shaped the way I am. And when is it time to leave a bad environment? Like when is it just too much and you just, you know, I gotta go. So we're going to talk about that today. But first, I want to give you an update over my, my three things that we've been tracking. Water drinking, still going strong. There have been days where I've been drinking a little bit less and I've noticed that I really feel it the next day. I sweat a lot when I sleep. So keeping hydrated is really important. If I don't stay hydrated, I wind up feeling really worn out, especially it's starting to turn into summer up here in New York. So it's getting warm. So it's 
it's really, really important. And I find the days that I drink more, I, I feel a lot better about everything. Like my mood even improves because I just, I feel better about everything. It's great. The walking, I started doing a little bit again. Uh, me and my fiance have been taking my dogs for walks again since it's a little bit nicer. It was a little bit of a rainy patch I told you guys about last week. I know it's not really an excuse. I could just, you know, walk on a treadmill or I mean, if I really wanted to walk some little circles around my house, but um, let's face it, I'm not going to do that. I'd look more like a crazy person than I already am, right? And the third thing is the meditation, which is still going well. And I actually want to talk a little bit more in depth about that. I've had some good days and some bad days. I've had days where I've had trouble concentrating. I've tried to mix up a couple of things. Normally I sit in a chair and I'll just sit there and, and you know, count off 15 minutes on my on my alarm, on my, t- on my cell phone and concentrate on my breath. And, you know, sometimes do some other things like concentrate on the feelings in the body and go through that meditation process. And I found that certain days, it's a lot easier than other days. Certain days, my mind just wanders all over the place. And I have a really tough time focusing it down on just my breath or just my body. And there are other days when it's, it's like rock solid, boom, later are focused. I get done with the meditation those days and it feels really good. I'm kind of at the point where I'm trying to do some new things. The other day I tried to sit down for a half hour instead of my normal 15 minute duration. That didn't actually work. I actually got to 15 minutes. I'm like, I'm getting really fidgety. I didn't check my clock until I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And it turned out it was right around 15 minutes. So I'm going to try again this weekend to maybe get a little bit longer of a session in, try to try to break that up and maybe try to figure out why there are days when I'm really unfocused and unable to commit to the meditation itself, I've found that a big thing is how tired I am in the morning. If I'm really tired, I find it very hard to concentrate or focus or drop all of the roaming thoughts and that voice that runs through my head. I I found that the more tired I get, the more prone and likely I am to have the negative thoughts and the bad mood throughout the day. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on as I go forward. It might come to the point where I need to find somebody that's a meditation coach or another resource, be it online or talking to somebody to help me move on and and keep the progress going forward with that. Because I do feel like there's been some really good benefits. Like I find myself less prone to flying off the hinges at work at things that I can't control and things at home that I can't control, which is a big positive. So I'm going to keep with it. So environment. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that happened to me. Growing up in my home, I was a pretty high achieving young kid. I got really good grades from a very young age. I tested very highly in all the IQ rates and all the testing, so much to the point where there was a point in time where my parents were offered to skip me ahead of grade, which thankfully they didn't. I was already young for my grade. I have an October birthday, so I was always at the young end of my graduating class, and that would have just put me even younger, even though I I did wind up taking classes with that class ahead of me and have some really good friends from that class from my high school, but Overall, I think it, I think they made the right call there. But because I was so high achieving, I'd get good grades. Like I was pretty much a straight A student up until middle school. And I have two brothers that live with me and they weren't as high achieving as far as academia goes. Now, my one brother is a ridiculous athlete. My other brother is extremely good socially when he wants to be, but they weren't put under the same amount of stress as I was to get good grades. And looking back now, part of some of my inability to leave things not done or, or getting frustrated at things that I can't just ace immediately, I think might have something to do with the fact that it was not acceptable for me to get a B. But for my two brothers, it was okay to get C's and D's. Like that was acceptable for them. But if I had gotten one of them, I would have been grounded, maybe even disowned. Who who knows at this point? And I think part of that was also that, I, I mean, obviously it was because I had 
you know, I showed that potential when I was much younger, but, you know, I also kind of wonder if maybe they'd put those same restrictions on my brothers. Would I see things differently and would they have seen things differently? I mean, obviously I can't go back and test this theory out. It's more or less just speculation in my head at this point, but it's something that I, that I thought was worth delving into. Cause if you remember from our self-esteem episode, one of the big things is being put under the pressure to be a perfectionist can really cause you issues later in life. And that's something that obviously I'm working out with today with my inability to deal with stuff that isn't going well for me. I'm getting a little bit better. The meditation has helped with that. And I guess just growing up and not being a hormonal teenager obviously will help with that as well. Another thing that happened in that in, in that same realm uh, when I was growing up is my parents were divorced when I was like six years old. And the environment shift from when my dad was here to my stepfather, who's, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say right now, I won the stepfather lottery. My stepdad's an awesome guy. Uh, he's very funny. He's a very silly good, very caring, loves my mom, and has always treated me and my brothers just like his own two kids, which I, I can't, I can't express how lucky I got in that regard. But going back further, when it was my mother and my father here, it was a very chaotic environment. I know I've gone over this a little bit before, but my father is quite an alcoholic. And I mean like an A, grade A, plus plus alcoholic who liked to used to come home and wail on my mother. Now, if you talk to him about that, he doesn't really remember it, which is obvious because when you're blackout drunk, what do you remember? I mean, I've gotten blackout drunk on my 21st birthday and I was told that I went up to everybody giving them hugs and saying hi and being super friendly. And I'm like, I don't remember that. Did I really do that? And my one friend's like, yeah, you said hi to this one girl like seven times. I'm like, oh, I didn't get her number either, did I? And they're like, no. So, you know, you don't remember the things you do when you're plastered drunk. So it took a long time for him to actually admit that. But my mother, thankfully, was strong enough to leave that environment. And like I said, she hit a home run with my stepfather. And at that point, our lives got very much more settled down. And you could even see that with my mother. My mother, when we were growing up, was struggling to to put food on the table for me and my, my brothers. And then once she got into a more stable environment herself, she became extraordinarily high achieving and wound up going on to be one of the top ranking people in her company, which... It was amazing because, you know, when I was growing up, like when I was, you know, a young child, she was basically like a front end supervisor at a grocery store and she wound up working herself all the way up to being the person who ran all of the the front ends for all of this grocery chain, which was very, very impressive. And I think that actually bleeds a little bit into this topic because clearly the more positive, stable environment for her led to her being more high achieving. So I think that actually plays a lot into this this topic of, of your environment having a lot to weigh on how well adjusted, how high achieving, and what you can accomplish in life. So that was that was really cool being able to see that from that perspective. And that's kind of part of what made up my life. Like my life from one to eight or so was very, very hectic, it felt like. And then it calmed down quite a bit. And then there were some, you know, bumps in the road, like going to college was very difficult for me. <laughs> little little story about that. I wound up going to the State University at Albany, my freshman year, State University of New York, lived on campus, got put into a triple. They only had double rooms at SUNY, but we managed to get three people in there. That really sucked. I didn't get along too well with one of my roommates. My other roommate was doing the college thing and going out and getting hammered. And then at one point in time, I... I brought my computer with me because I was at that point and now a very technologically savvy person who was very big on computers. And I let my roommates use it until I was getting flack for trying to get school done while they played Madden. Yeah, that ain't going to fly. So I locked my computer and then they decided to all stay up on a night I was sleeping for my test to vote me out of my own room, which they couldn't do. That wasn't how it worked. 
but I took the hint anyway and, and wound up moving back home. Um, that was a very difficult time for me. I, I did not handle that well. I was 17 years old. I mean, what are you, you going to do? It shaped my life. I mean, I do have a fun story. I got thrown up against the wall of my dorm room by state police rent-a-cops that patrolled the school. That was a fun story because my roommate, the one that I got along with, decided that it would be a really cool idea to deck a cab driver in the face and try to skip on paying his fare. Yeah, no, like I said, pretty crazy times there at SUNY Albany back in the early 2000s. So that didn't really, really work out for me. That's, that environment didn't do well for me. And it, it, I wound up not doing well at SUNY Albany. Uh, wound up leaving after that year and getting my degree through uh, local community college before I wound up going to the, the school I got my radio degree in before I, I went on air. I mean, in the end, it all worked out because I, you know, eventually I figured out what I wanted to do involved me doing this and just talking. Whereas when I was going to school at SUNY, I was going for, I, I wound up switching my major like three times from computer science because I thought that's where I'd make the money to English to history to English. And it, it was just a bad, I just wasn't ready, wasn't in the right mind state and it wasn't the right environment for me. I have always strived on a place where I could interact and I learn much better when I can interact with the people around me. And the state university is a gigantic school. I had a class with 750 people in it. You don't get a lot of one-on-one time with anybody in that situation. So I, that environment didn't work out for me. And again, I, it led me going to a better environment and I did did much, much better at SUNY Albany, or I'm sorry, uh, much, much better at Hudson Valley than I than I did at SUNY. So that, that led to some other interesting things in my life. Now, a couple years after I got out of school, I wound up moving to New Hampshire, uh, which was another interesting environment change for me. It was my first time really living on my own because I didn't really consider the, you know, three quarters of a year at SUNY in the dorms as really me being on my own. And this time I moved up north, lived with a kid that I'd been friends with for about a decade uh, who grew up in this area. He's a couple years older than me. Our families were friends and are we, you know, hung out in similar groups. So even though he was like four or five years older than me, we got along really well. Or so I thought. The environment up there was very different because I was moving into his environment. I was moving into his apartment. And it kind of never got past the, this is my place. Like, I was looking for a place that I could expand and and basically spread my wings and I mean, let's face it, I was 22. I just wanted to find a bunch of chicks and bang them. Like, <laughs> that's what you do at that age. Go out, meet girls, try to find the one or whatever. And that didn't work out for me because he didn't like meeting new people that weren't his friends. So I had to basically get screened to bring people over. And after a couple of months up there, I wound up just withdrawing into my own room. Like, I didn't leave my room outside of to go to work and hang out with my friends from my, my job up there. So, and it's funny because I look back at that today and there are still parts of that being like locked into one place that really still have a hold on me today. I get very, very drawn into my computer now. And it's something I've been trying very hard to break away from. Before I moved out there, I was very much an out guy, outside kind of guy. I played baseball every summer. I wound up taking Taekwondo. So I was always out and about. I was, you know, at my friend's house, at this friend's house, at that friend's house. And then for some odd reason, and I, I really can't explain this. I, I really wish I could. I know it would be beneficial to, to me and every everybody listening, but I wound up just getting very locked down and reserved into this little room. And that's very much affected me today. Now, there are some benefits to that. Like I have a really easy time blocking out the world now. Like I can throw on a set of headphones and just zone into whatever I'm doing. But at the same sense, I don't have the same level of activity. There are friends of mine, like good friends that I still consider dear friends that I see once every six to eight months. One of my best friends from high school, I haven't seen in like six years. And before I had moved away, I would hang out with this kid on a regular basis. And it's not that, you know, married family and stuff. I get that. I have some friends that are married 
you'd have kids and all that. And I don't see them for a very legitimate reason. Me and this friend, he's doing a little bit better than I am as far as, you know, monetarily, but we're in the same states of life as, you know, we're both still in like, I'm engaged, but not married. He's still in the dating scene. He's got his place in a dog. I've got my place in a dog and we realistically should be able to hang out all the time. And I just don't. Now, that's my fault. I I 100% take that on that. But it is part of that residual like lockdown, staying from my computer, don't move away from your thing because if you go outside, the the world is scary. Now, that's something I'm very much trying to work over. I've been trying to reconnect with these friends. One of my friends, I went and had dinner with him, his wife and his kid. My best friend growing up across the street who I, you guys will actually get to meet. I'm going to be interviewing him soon because he's got a great story. I went up hanging out, going out and having an afternoon with him and it was great. We sat outside, we drank beer, we grilled, we played with his dog and everything just felt right in the world. I'm like, oh, that's what this feels like. That's right. So I'm, I've been trying to work on that a little bit more. So what this leads to is this other quote I found from Luann Brizendine, who's a neuropsychiatrist. And her quote is, there is no such thing as bad, criminal, lazy, or brilliant people, thieves, or racists. Only people predisposed to such behavior. But if the environment doesn't trigger them, the behavior never manifests. Now, I'm a person that's predisposed to to depression. It, it does run in my family. However, if my environment didn't work in the ways that it had, maybe the the serious bounce of depression I had would never have cropped up. I, obviously, I can't know that for sure now, but I do know you know, I've been dealing with depression, obviously. So maybe it's a possibility that that environment, if I had gotten out of possibly that New Hampshire environment earlier, or never exposed myself to that, maybe today would be going better. Obviously, it's not doing me any good to, to dwell on that. But I just wanted to let you guys know, like, these are some of the things I've gone through to get me to this point and the strong, strong effect that your environment can have on you. Another quick story about environment. A couple of years, pr- pretty much a year after I got back from New Hampshire, I wound up dating this girl who was awful, terrible, mean. I don't want to say any of the terrible words that I used to describe her to my friends in a much looser language situation, but yeah, she was pretty terrible, emotionally abusive, liked to tell me that I was fat and ugly and old and couldn't get anybody. Now, mind you, I was still in my 20s at this point. I was too old to get a chick without a kid. Really? At 26? Are you kidding me? But it really did some some horrible damage, and I had fallen so in love with her child that I had a tough time breaking myself, even though I knew that the environment and me being with her was very caustic and negative to me. I didn't want to separate from that until it got to that point where I was like, okay, I can have a clean break. We're good. We're done. Goodbye. And it still took me two and a half years. And I mean, that was probably the first time that I really had like horrible self-esteem issues were caused by this environment that I put myself into and then got myself out of. And it was like, oh my God, I can see the light now. Like life isn't terrible. I'm not all these things. And obviously it worked out for the best. I I have my fiance now and things are going much, much better in that realm. So basically your environment has a profound, profound effect on how you grew up, who you are today. And you can change your environment to make it go from part of the problem a part of the solution. And that's all stuff you can do. Now, there are a couple of areas to improve the environment that you can do that are very, very easy. And there have been multiple studies for all of these areas of improvement that you can work on. The first one, and this is the one that that I've been working on mostly lately, uh, especially with it being nicer out, is you just get three to five minutes a day of exposure to nature. Now, 
This doesn't mean you have to go outside and take a nature walk and hike every day. This could be just something like situating yourself next to a window, opening up the window, getting some of that fresh air in and getting some of that sunlight. I mean, the vitamin D in sun is, is critical to, you know, processing a lot of the, the enzymes and amino acids in your body that, that affect your mood. Because everything, I mean, that's the craziest thing about your body is everything is so interconnected. There's so many chemicals and your nerves, everything just works together and little things being off can really have a profound effect. So an easy one, exposure to daylight. We as humans are conditioned to need that sunlight to, to make our, our bodies work properly. And if you rob yourself of that by sleeping all day or locking yourself in front of your computer in your basement, which I'm horribly notorious for, these things can all have a big effect on you. So three to five minutes a day in the sunlight, multiple studies have confirmed that is really good for you. Another one is your social support group. Now this one's pretty obvious and this one can be both a negative and positive to your environment based on what the people around you are like. You can have a really strong support system with really good, positive friends, family, or you can have crazy people around you that you need to get away from. And it may take you talking to a psychiatrist or somebody outside of your circle to see this, but that's something that's very important for you to take a look at is, is my environment as far as the people I surround myself with a net positive or net negative to my total environment? I know that I have had times where when I'm changing my environment, I will just cut people out because I know they're negative influences for me. One of the things when I left New Hampshire, and it, it saddens me a little bit to say this, but that friend who I'd been friends with for over a decade, I haven't spoken to in eight years after I left there because I felt as though he was toxic to my my environment and my my well-being. So I cut him out of my life. I'm like, goodbye. Now, there are going to be people that may be a little on the negative impactfulness of your life that you just can't get rid of. Like if you have horrible parents, which fortunately I do not, but I know some people do, you may have to just cut them out. And that's going to be pretty much impossible. So again, if you're going to be making big life altering decisions like that, please go talk to a medical professional. I know I seem like I know a lot sometimes, but I mean, really, I'm just here to tell you like, hey, I'm going through this too. There are people out there who know a lot more than me who can be a much better judge of that. But in the same situation, if you feel like you need to talk to somebody, shoot me an email. I'll do what I can to help. That's what I'm, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to help people. The third and the one that I think is the most interesting part to talk about is your information intake, changing your information intake. Now, what that means is what you watch on TV, what you read on the news, how often you go on Twitter, how often you go on Facebook, social networks, what you read in the newspaper. Now, we're in an age in society where you can pretty much pick and choose what you want to learn about or what you want to be interested in. Now, if you are a video gamer and you want to just do nothing but read about League of Legends all day, every day, you can do that. If you're a crazy person and want to read about how to souffle people, you could probably do that too. I, I hope not, but I'm pretty sure since it's the internet, you can. But a lot of that can be changed easily for you too, which is the good thing. Now, this kind of ties into what I was saying um, the other week about you don't want to compare your life to your life of your friends on Facebook because you're taking your everyday drab life and comparing it to somebody else's greatest hits. That's part of it. Spend less time on Facebook because there will be less for you to compare to and you can kind of keep your life in its own thing and evaluate it for what it is, not evaluate it compared to what Johnny's doing. You know, he just bought a brand new BMW. Good for him. You know, I can't rub two pennies together. You know, what the F is wrong with me? Well, yeah, he had a good, he had a good week. He got a new 
car. You know, there's going to be a day when you have a new car and you're going to post your pictures up and you're going to feel like the boss. So you got to keep that in mind when you're doing that. The other thing you also want to do is spend less time in front of the TV screens. Now, you know, TV screens, monitors, you know, your tablet. This is something that I've noticed and it's something that actually irks me a little bit as a I want to say, it's, it's sad to say this because I'm only 34, but somebody who's getting a little bit older and feels like they're kind of part of an older generation is that whole walking and talking and everything is just lived through your smartphone. Now, smartphones are awesome. I love the fact that I can pick this up, take a picture, text my buddies, go on Facebook, read a book on my Kindle, and it's all in a something the size of basically a stack of index cards. Like, that's awesome. But you can't lose your life to it. Life is made up of the people and the interactions that you have. So, Put your phone down. Put your close your computer for twenty minutes. Go talk to somebody. The best interactions you're going to have in life are going to be, and the ones that are going to be the most impactful and memorable for you are the ones you're going to have with the person face to face. That when you say something funny, you see that smile on your face, and that's going to make you feel really good. We're designed as people to be social. Think about it. You can't get into a relationship and have kids without being face to face, right? Like, how are you supposed to have kids if you don't have actual physical contact? It's amazing. So there's a couple of things for you to think about for this week, your environment. Take a look at it. Take stock of what, where you're living, what your job is like, how your coworkers treat you, your bosses, your friends, your family, and think about how can I improve my environment? Because as we've been learning through this, this journey together is all the steps you're going to take to make your life better are going to be started by you. Somebody else isn't going to wave a magic wand. You don't have a fairy godmother out there going bippity boppity boop. Your life is better. You're now rich. Hi, Cinderella. Do you know a real life Cinderella? Yeah. Some people get lucky and hit the lottery, but are you really going to bank your future on that? No. Do what you can. Take a look at those envi- the environment that you live in today and you know try to make it a little bit better. One last thing before I go today I wanted to talk to you about because it's kind of what made my day interesting is music. I'm a big music fan. Obviously, I worked on the radio for a little while on a classic rock station. I was talking to my friend Charlie today, who I I work with at my full-time job, who does the music for this podcast. And man, you can have some really great conversations just about music. Uh, Him and I were talking today about the Beatles, the Beach Boys, how great it would have been to be an 18-year-old in 1963, get a brand new split window, Stingray Coupe, and go watch the Dodgers win the World Series. I'm like, man, if I could have been 18 in 1963, obviously, in we develop time travel that's not going to work but it really got me thinking about how much music can improve your mood I i went home today and i was singing billy joel at the top of my lungs and it clicked to me that i have this profound love for billy joel even though most of his albums came out when i was a speck in my father's eye and in diapers my mother listened to it a lot my mother loved billy joel so now i hear that music and it just it makes me happy i get i smile i start to bop around so you can think about that as well think of some things be it music a television show a particular friend your your animals my dog makes me infinitely happy like happiest times of my day are usually you know the 10 or so minutes i'll sit down on my floor and just play with my dog so keep that in mind try to think of some things you can do to improve your environment it's something i'm going to be thinking about going forward. I may add another thing to that list of things we're keeping track of for next, you know, for next week. That's something I'm going to work on. So keep on climbing. Have a great day. If you need to hit me up, I'm on Twitter at PJ VoiceWorks. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash DJ Patrick James. And you can always hit me up on my website, pjvoice.net. Let's keep making that trip from the bottom to hopefully the top. Have a great night, climbers.